Hello. Now, this is episode 281, and in it, I'm continuing my conversation with Dylan Vivier's National Specifications Manager from Wholesome Australia, all about low-carbon concrete. Now, if you haven't listened to part one of our conversation, be sure to head back to episode 280 to catch up on that. You can find that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 280. That's the numbers 280, because this episode's going to make a lot more sense if you listen to episode 280 first. In this episode, Dylan and I talk more in detail about the workability of EcoPact and what to be aware of. And I follow up with some questions that you may have about using a concrete like this in your project, including for polished and burnished concrete applications, and also using oxides to colour the concrete as well. Now, if you'd like to grab a full transcript of this episode, plus information on the resources that we discuss, you can do that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 281. That's the numbers 281. Now, let's dive in. I begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, and I recognise the continuing connection to lands, waters, skies and communities. I pay my respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to elders both past and present. If we haven't met before, I'm Amelia Lee. Based in northern New South Wales, Australia, I'm a wife, mum and architect, and I've worked in the architectural industry for over 27 years now. Having worked on over 250 projects, mainly residential family homes, as well as significantly renovating three homes of my own with my hubby, whilst our three kids were babies, toddlers and even older, I have a personal and professional understanding of the joy, challenges, stresses and excitement of making your family home a reality. In mid-2014, I started Undercover Architect, and it's an online business to help and teach homeowners like you how to get it right when designing, building and renovating your family home. Undercover Architect is all about giving you access to the industry knowledge and insights you need to avoid the mistakes and dramas that can cost you thousands, tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's about levelling the playing field so that the world of renovating and building doesn't seem so mysterious and you can be the active driver in your project, navigating it with know-how and confidence. Undercover Architect helps and teaches homeowners through this podcast, the website, and our online courses and programs, including my flagship program, Home Method. I truly believe that when you know the questions to ask, the steps to take, and the best way to create a home that works, feels great, and that you feel great in, you can enjoy the process of building and renovating, as well as the home that you move into at the end of this ambitious journey. Consider Undercover Architect your secret ally, whoever you're working with and whatever your location, your budget or your dreams. Grab access to my free online workshop, Your Project Plan, and learn super helpful information to save time, money and stress in your reno or new build. You can find it at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. That's P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. Now, let's get on to the episode. Before we jump into part two of my conversation, let me remind you about Dylan Vivier's National Specifications Manager for Wholesome Australia. Now, Dylan joined Wholesome about 15 years ago following a career as a carpenter. And he first worked in the quarry side of Wholesome and then he moved to the concrete division about seven years ago. 
Dylan is now the National Specifications Manager and he's passionate about educating the industry about Wholesome's low-carbon concrete and sustainability in general. And that's how I first connected with Dylan. He was presenting a session for Architects Online all about Wholesome's low-carbon concrete eco-pact. I've actually been following Wholesome for some time and I thought it was a great opportunity to get Dylan onto the podcast to talk about this more with you so that you could understand its application for your project and also just a lot more information about low-carbon concrete generally and how to specify it well so that you don't get greenwashing and end up with the wrong result in your project. This episode actually kicks off with me asking Dylan about where homeowners can access Wholesome's Low Carbon Concrete and really where it's generally available. Remember that you can download a free PDF transcript of this episode and also links to loads of helpful resources that Dylan has supplied by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 281. That's the numbers 281. Um, it's available throughout Australia and also if we've got, um, we do have overseas listeners. So Wholesome being a global company, is there, is everybody through Wholesome sort of supplying it? Yeah, for sure. So Australia first, I'll talk to that. We've got 190 concrete plants across the country and I'll share with you a link after this where that, you know, homeowner can actually just put their address into the search field and it'll zoom into our closest concrete plants. Fantastic. That's, I, I try to get that out to everyone, but. There's no point hammering your builder for sustainable concrete if there's no concrete supplier within the vicinity. So 190 concrete plants, every every state we can supply. Globally, yes, as well, definitely. Um, Europe, America, yeah, we're everywhere. Yeah. How how far away can a concrete truck travel in terms of distance from a, from a plant? Um, look, I, I would comfortably say... Oh, it can travel up to 50 kilometres. Uh, obviously, we've got to do innovation to put the concrete to sleep, so to speak, so it doesn't go off in the truck. But what you're ultimately looking at is you would want nothing over 25 k's um, If you can find a concrete supplier or a wholesome concrete plant within 25 kilometres, um, we'll supply. Okay, awesome. And you said that you don't think that a concreter would notice any difference in its workability or its curing time or anything like that? Not when you talk residential slabs, definitely not. Um, oh, I won't say definitely. Some concreters know their concrete inside and out um, and they notice the slightest change. Um, we talk about that mosaic project, that 16-storey tower. I think the main, the first pour was a 700 cubic metre pour. That concreter was off the concrete in the same time as he was the last job using conventional concrete. So definitely doesn't affect that sort of thing. The curing process all of those things still have to be done like conventional concrete you still have to use um, aliphatic alcohol on it to make sure that the curing is done properly yeah I honestly don't think they would notice any change awesome that I can think of. you can still use it if you want to do a polished or a burnished slab or you want to have a honed finish on your driveway or anything like that is there anything specific to know if you're planning on having that kind of exposed finished on it no same same process so when when you're burnishing you're actually burning the concrete through the through that one after you've placed it same sort of thing we've done quite a few burnished slabs um, in Brisbane Victoria New South Wales polishing and honing same process you're obviously not polishing them until it meets a certain MPA strength which is usually at 28 days if it's a 32 MPA concrete um, EcoPack will still achieve that okay and are there any limitations or cases that you need to be using conventional concrete? I'm thinking no. I'm thinking for residential that it's good for pretty much every application. Is that is that would that be right? 
Yeah, correct. There's not a single market segment we're not supplying EcoPact or EcoPact Zero into at the moment. So local government, footpaths, bikeways, residential, multi-residential, commercial, even infrastructure, the level crossing removal in, in Victoria is using thousands of metres of EcoPact at the moment. Um, we're looking at some, you know, 80 storey, 90 storey towers down in Victoria for EcoPact. Multi-level car parks we're doing. So definitely there's, there's not a lot out there that we're not doing at the moment. I mentioned precast was the last market segment to tick off. Um, in some parts of the country, we still aren't doing precast, but Victoria, Queensland, definitely, and, and WA, sorry. That's so exciting to think of all of that concrete being used, being lower in carbon footprint, mm. you know, and it just being part and parcel. Like, do you actually see a point where we no longer have conventional concrete that we actually only ever supply something that's 30 to 70% lower in carbon and even potentially absolutely. more? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's not too far away. I, I keep a track on specifications nationally that call for either low carbon concrete or, you know, they're chasing a green star rating for carbon neutral concrete. Probably 12 months ago, there was one or two coming in a week. Now we're seeing five, six, seven a day come in nationally that have specified low carbon concrete or want an EPD linked to their products. So I, I honestly believe by 2026, 2027, we'll see conventional concrete phased out altogether. Oh my gosh. That's mm. just amazing. That, That's I amazing. mean, that is, yeah, that is incredible to think of that an industry could shift so significantly onto a product that's more sustainable overall and that then all we're doing then is improving the sustainability of it even more dramatically. Like that's, and, you know, like you said, starting to get to the point where it's not zero carbon through carbon offsets, but it's actually zero carbon through the the technology and the mix and, you know, what's happening in, in the manufacture process and in the transport and things like that. It's just like to move the needle that significantly is actually really fantastic. Yeah, and, and look, I think Australia started behind the times and, and we're a bit slow on the take-up, but I think what we've done in the shortest, shortest space of time has been amazing. Um, and how we're doing concrete now is not how we're going to be doing it in 10 or 20 years' time. There's all sorts of innovation out there and, and technology that we're exploring. And, you know, what's going to happen when fly ash and blast furnace slag are no longer available because coal-fired power stations and steel mills you know, we're doing trials with, I think there's about eight different um, supplementary cementitious materials at the moment, like calcine clays and all that sort of thing, to be able to make sure that we are ready once those byproducts dry up and we don't have access to them anymore. So I think it is exciting. This is the absolute best time to be a part of the construction industry, sorry, um, because it's changing. Every day something's new is happening. Every you know, every week we get something sent over from Global saying, hey, our R&D facility have tested and trialled this. You know, have you looked at it? So, yeah, very exciting. Oh, that's awesome. And I know that there'll be people listening who'll say, well, it's still it's still a carbon-intensive product, um, you know, compared to, say, timber or something like that. But at the end of the day, there's some projects that concrete is the most suitable product for when you start taking in the life cycle analysis of how long that product's going to need to last, what it's going to need to be durable um, for, and and also then what it might be doing thermally as well. Obviously, the, the thermal mass benefits of concrete and how it can work in that regard. So I think, you know, 
this can be quite confusing for homeowners to navigate because they're obviously not comparing apples with apples. They're trying to figure out what do I choose if carbon is really important to me. I've had quite a few members of my program specifically create homes based on the carbon footprint and use carbon calculations to be able to, uh, to identify that. And I think it does come down to that personal choice of you know, if you're going to use concrete because it ticks a whole heap of boxes in terms of what that material can mean for you, for your criteria, then choosing the low carbon version um, obviously is a no brainer, particularly when it's not that significant a cost impost to you. And it also um, will do all the same things that traditional concrete will do. So can you take us through what is the actual best way to specify concrete? Because I know lots of people are just going, I'm just going to use green concrete, you know, and and like you were talking about earlier, there's a lot of greenwashing in the industry. How do homeowners know exactly how to go about specifying this product, what to ask for, um, if they can't get hold of wholesome, how they can still make sure that they're going to get something that performs? What what are your recommendations in terms of what they should look for and how they should specify it? Yeah, I I think having the conversation with your builder first, Ask your builder if they use low carbon concrete, um, be it wholesome, be it borrow, be it handsome, be it any concrete supplier. Um, from there, EPD Australasia is the website. If you Google EPD Australasia, you can go into the search bar there and you can type in wholesome, you can type in borrow, you can type in handsome, you can type in whatever you want. Paint, even Dulux have an EPD. So um, utilize that, port, um, that portal. Um, because there's tapware, there's all sorts of things, um, different materials that are in that uh, EPD Australasia website where suppliers have EPDs. That's the first point. You want to make sure you can actually quantify and verify that you've got a low carbon product. If you build it, if you get pushback from your builder or the concreter, it, it's your house. Like you have the power to say, no, I want a low carbon concrete. Please reach out to Dylan from Wholesome um, and have the conversation with him. And, and I'm more than happy to talk any, to any concrete or any builder. Um, doesn't matter where in the country, because then I can pass them on to the right area, the right account manager, and then that process can start. But it's, it's just holding the builder and the concrete to account and doing that research yourself as well. Contact the suppliers within your region to see if they do have a low carbon concrete. That would be, if you're gonna specify it, ask for low carbon concrete, but make sure it's verified by an EPD, Environmental Product Declaration. Fantastic. And I love too that you're open to providing support because I know the homeowners will often do a lot of research around this and then they'll hit an architect, a designer, a builder who'll say, no, we don't. We, we used it on a product project five years ago and it was terrible. And so we don't specify it. And it's like, well, the industry has developed, technology has developed. So the product you used five years ago is not necessarily a product that is being produced now. And so it is that thing of just actually encouraging then your professional or your builder to pick up the phone, being able to contact Wholesome and discuss through some of the concerns that they have. I think, you know, there are a lot of people in the industry who do like to do things the way that they've always done and do struggle with change. And at the same time, you know, I work very closely with a lot of builders and they're really excited by these new products and materials and want the opportunity to be able to test and try them out because they're passionate about sustainability. They're passionate about um, making a difference with their projects. And so, yeah, that that's the thing for a homeowner. Just get your professional, your builder to jump on the phone to Wholesome and 100%. and actually have the conversation. Yeah, I think it, it goes a long way. And I think having those conversations, don't just rule it out because you've never heard of it or you had a bad experience 10 years ago. Um, ask the question. Um, 
a few instances that come to mind, um, we've got a builder up in Cairns who switched over to Ecopack Zero probably the day we launched in 2021. It's been doing it all the whole time since then. You know, ha have that conversation, ask the questions. And, and he started off asking the questions of the account manager up there. But then you've got builders like um, Verticon who are 100% driven around sustainability and they've used it in some of the Byron Bay projects. It's just asking the questions. And, and those builders reached out and had the conversation early in the piece and, and we talked them through it. We did the trials and yeah, went through that whole process. Yeah, fantastic. And I think too, when you if you are sustainably minded and you're wanting to create a sustainable project, then it, it's important that your team actually is on the same page as you and shares your values because you will be pushing against a wall all the time. I, I find a lot of homeowners will say, I want to do a sustainable project, but the builder or designer I'm speaking to just says it's going to be more expensive. And it's like, well, that's probably your first red flag that if they're going to be super resistant to it, if they're not going to go, hey, yeah, actually, that's the way that we work. You might pay a little bit more in certain areas, but what we can do is make sure that that then has a payback period or a reduced, you know, ongoing uh, heating and cooling costs or, you know, all of the other benefits or somebody like Verticon who's actually B Corp certified, you know, that's how they basically sort of all of their business performs from that place. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's really interesting to see. And I think finding that team that's in alignment with the way that you want to approach your project becomes so important so that you're not fighting every time you want to make a suggestion about something to use. Yeah, definitely. I think align yourself and do your research on the builder that you choose because that can go a long way as well. Go into it so you're all on the same path, heading in the same direction, and ultimately you walk away with the house that you want. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Now, without giving away any trade secrets, I just wanted to dive into, obviously, it, you know, Wholesome are doing regular research, as you touched on, you know, R&D departments sort of exploring different things. You've got specific net zero targets for 2050 as an organisation and looking, obviously, at kiln operations. I know that there was a conversation, actually, in the architectural presentation that you did, somebody was asking about what are you doing about the embodied energy um, and the operational energy that just exists in running kilns and, you know, making the part of the process of creating of co uh, concrete and the things that go into it. Can you share some of the things that Wholesome are looking at and experimenting with in that whole carbon equation of producing the material to move towards those net zero targets? Yeah, look, there's so much happening. Where do I start? Mm -hmm. um, let's start, well, we've done, we've done some work with Sydney University and a customer of ours down in Sydney, um, actually capture, using captured carbon and pumping it back into recycled aggregates um, and putting that into the concrete. So that's one thing we've worked on. And we've only done a small trial and slab with them with that. But you think about that, that's using captured carbon to go back yeah, into sequestering carbon in concrete. It's like mind-blowing, isn't it? It's amazing. And the biggest thing about putting recycled aggregates back into concrete, you can only put it in at about 10 to 15%. Once you go over that, it starts to be increase the water demand and the cement demand on concrete, which then, of, of course, increases the embodied carbon. So what we've found is that by pumping that carb captured carbon back into the recycled aggregates, the aggregates actually become stronger. But it's amazing to think, you can start to do that. So I'm sure you're going to start to see a lot more of that in the future. But then there's also, who's to say, you know, the cement manufacturers at the kiln process won't discover technology or, or find a way to capture all those carbon emissions before they're released into the atmosphere. 
that would make cement the most sustainable product. Like it would just be amazing. So they, they're doing all those sorts of trials at the moment. And, you know, we've wholesome globally, what we've partnered with a startup business to design concrete that actually charges cars as you're driving them. Like we, I, I, there's so many things out there that we're doing that I just can't keep up, but it's, it's all a step in the right direction. What are we doing um, to get to net zero by 2050? And if we can get there by 2040, amazing let's get there as quick as we can that's the end goal ultimately mm. so there's there's so many things yeah I couldn't yeah it's exciting and i can hear i can hear the passion in your voice about it it's um and it really excites me having because i feel like sometimes there's a lot of companies that really aren't doing a lot they they want to keep the status quo because it works from for them from a, a profit point of view from an operations point of view um but it's it's really awesome to see that there are organizations like wholesome that are constantly innovating and really um, not accepting that this has to be the way that it is, but that concrete actually can become a really sustainable uh, material and that we can radically lower the carbon footprint of it. Now, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you or anything else that you wanted to add before we finished up? Um, look, I, I really can't think of anything, but I, I think the key takeaway from this is ask the question, ask what's available. If, if you're working with a builder or you're working with an architect, you want and you want low carbon concrete, there's no reason why you can't have it in this day and age. It's out there. So definitely ask the question. If someone if someone says comes back to you and says no or no, I don't want to use it, I guess rethink your position with with that builder, but and that's not taking anything away from the builder. That's up to me to have that education process with them as well. But the choices are there. You can you can use it now. Yeah, that's fantastic. Dylan, I can't thank you enough for your time and everything that you've shared. You've given us loads of information to understand more about the application of EcoPact and low carbon concrete in the residential uh, part of the, the industry. And obviously that there is no barrier whatsoever, very, you know, very marginal cost um, increase to include that low carbon concrete. I get really excited by the idea that it will become the norm, that it is the only thing that gets specified. And then all we're doing is just uh, there's continual iteration to improve and lower the carbon footprint of it as a product. So I think that's really amazing. So thank you so much for your time. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, before we wrap up this episode, I just wanted to share a few more details with you. As we were finishing up our conversation, Dylan shared this observation with me about how homeowners think about concrete in their home and what he's seen from his experience. And I tend to agree with him as well. Let me just play the clip for you. Think about driveways, even driveways, like they think about the driveway is the very first thing you see when you drive into someone's house, but it's the last thing people think about. And, you know, you can actually have decorative concrete that is low carbon as well. The thing is that your driveway can actually make quite an aesthetic stamp on the exterior of your home, and it will usually contain quite an expanse of visible concrete. So the fact that you can specify a low carbon concrete such as Wholesome's EcoPact, and you can also, you know, use decorative uh, aggregates or finishes to create a great look, it's absolutely fantastic, isn't it? Now, let me share a few follow-up questions that I sent Dylan after our conversation. Firstly, I asked whether there are any limitations with using oxides or aggregates with the EcoPact when chasing a particular colour or a look for polished or exposed slab. So Dylan replied, there are no problems with adding oxides to EcoPact. Oxides have actually been factored into their EPD calculator. 
With regards to decorative aggregate mixes, they're in the process of developing lower carbon decorative mixes. Uh, decorative concrete is geostone, and he's provided a link to geostone that he'll pop in that I'll pop in the resources for this episode, so you can check that out. Ecopact is our low is our grey low carbon concrete, and that can have oxides included, and it can be burnished, polished, or honed. So that's some information for you about that. Now, next, I actually said to Dylan that I know that homeowners will want to go to showrooms and pick out particular samples of how they want their finished polished concrete to look in terms of aggregate colours or if they want their driveway to have a particular oxide in it. And so he reiterated that oxides being included into eco-packed mixes is not a problem. He also advised that Wholesome are working on the solution for the decorative aggregate and they hope to have this completed in the very near future. And he added that... Some of our decorative range across the country does achieve a 30% reduction. And so his suggestion would be for the homeowner to reach out to either himself or the local wholesome operation to ask the question and then to discuss the decorative mix that you like so that you can see what it looks like. Um, decorative mixes can often be reliant on where they're quarried and where they're sourced from. So it's often worthwhile speaking to your local supplier and seeing what you've got access to. Uh, if you want different ones, that I find that with most concrete companies, those decorative aggregates can be delivered to the concrete plant that your concrete needs to come from, but obviously that will come at a cost. So it's always worth checking out what decorative ag uh, aggregates or mixes are available more locally to you um, because you'll find that they're generally more economical than other choices that have to travel to your that concrete plant. Now, lastly, I checked out whether there's any limitations on what can be mixed with the EcoPact or if there's availability at different plants. So Dylan actually advised that the decorative aggregates, their only current limitation, oxides, fibres, waterproof admixtures are additional items that can be added to the EcoPact. All the wholesome concrete plants across the country are set up to supply EcoPact and the carbon emission reductions that can be achieved, it will vary from plant to plant just due to plant configurations and the raw materials. So that can impact slightly what the carbon uh, footprint of the, of, the, of the concrete will be based on where you source it from. Now, you know what else Dylan said to me? And I warned him to be careful what he wishes for, given just how many people listen to this podcast. But Dylan actually said this. He said, I would love to hear from your listeners each time one of them specifies EcoPact or EcoPact Zero. Every specification of EcoPact or EcoPact Zero is important to me, regardless of the size of the project. Every specification is a step in the right direction to decarbonising the construction industry. And we all have a part to play. So I have popped... At Dylan's request, I put his email address into the resources for this episode. As he mentioned, if you are struggling with getting your builder or any other team member on board with your desire to use Wholesome's EcoPact, then you can get in touch with him for more information and to assist with any questions or problems that they're having if they're being, you know, concerned about how it's going to be work, how you're going to work with it, all of those kinds of things. Just get them to get in touch with him. Uh, and he really wants to know whether you're specifying Wholesome's product in your product. So please let him know, okay? I'm really keen to see how many in Undercover Architects community shift their specifications uh, based on what you've learned here. And it's really awesome that Dylan wants to be part of that as well. Now, the concrete specification, it's obviously just one part of the puzzle of reducing your home's carbon footprint when it comes to your home's concrete slab. So you know, choosing the low carbon concrete option itself is great. There are also really some exciting options on the market now with products like uh, Couplex. Now, Couplex is a forming system for concrete that's made from recycled plastic. It's designed to reduce the amount of concrete that's needed, plus eliminate the use of polystyrene waffle pod slabs, which are just horrific for the for the environment. 
you would have heard Yoast Backer talk about that in my conversation with him about how they just break up in landfill. They then become airborne. They float on water um, surfaces and animals mistake them for food. Uh, they just don't break down. It's just like if we can just eliminate waffle pods, that would be brilliant. And couple oaks is actually a viable alternative. Uh, recycled plastic. I'm seeing builders use it more and more regularly. There's also alternatives uh, for the reinforcement bars and mesh that you can use as well. I haven't personally dived into researching those in a lot of detail, but a conversation about this came up inside our Home Method Facebook group the other day because a member has been exploring options for their concrete slab that have a lower carbon footprint than steel and really sort of exploring how they can reduce the, lo- the carbon footprint of that part of their home. So, you know, all in all, it's really exciting to see what's being developed in the industry. As Dylan said early in our chat, it's a great time in the construction industry right now with the development of these great products and materials and your ability as a homeowner to make more sustainable choices for your project is there's just so much that's available to you right now. I want to extend a big thank you to Dylan for generously sharing such great insights and information about low carbon concrete and about Wholesome's Eco-Packed products specifically. Remember, we've got a free downloadable PDF transcript of this episode, plus links to the bunch of resources Dylan has shared and his email address. And you can get all of that by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 281. That's the numbers 281. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye. Just a reminder, all content on this podcast is provided by Undercover Architect for reference purposes and as general guidance. It does not take into account specific circumstances and should not be relied on in that way. You should seek independent verification or advice before relying on this content in any circumstances, including but not limited to circumstances where loss and damage may result. The views and opinions of any guests on the podcast are solely their own and may not reflect the views of Undercover Architect. Undercover Architect endeavours to publish content that is accurate at the time it is published, but does not accept responsibility for content that may or has become inaccurate over time. Thank you.